Okay, good evening. It's the parish of Shemot, and this year is dedicated. Mukdash le'ezechen nishmat Nachman ben Moshe Yitzchak zichrono levracha. Ayudei Yitzchak Meir ben Harav Moshe David. The Shema should have an aliyah. We're beginning the book of Shemot. I think of Shemot, uh, there are questions that you really ask that are, that are tough questions. And I'd like to try to deal with some of them tonight. One tough question, what, what is Moshe Rabbeinu's role in all of this? I know that Moshe Rabbeinu had a wonderful uh, birth and grew up in a remarkable way. He knew the world of Torah, and he knew the world of Mada. It was really something special. And then he took the Jews out of Mitzrayim. But did you need Moshe Rabbeinu to do that? I mean, isn't it true that the Jews were brought out of Mitzrayim because God provided them with a miraculous backdrop? They were able to function against the Egyptians because God enabled them to do that. And what difference does it make if Moshe Rabbeinu turns the staff into a snake or somebody else does that? Or if Moshe or Aaron turn the water into blood, that only Moshe Rabbeinu could do that? But I mean to say, not is did he take them out of Mitzrayim? Did he have to take them out of Mitzrayim? Was he the only one who could take them out of Mitzrayim? That's one question that we might ask. We'll say, even if you needed Moshe Rabbeinu for the Torah, I can understand the Torah very profound, very deep. You needed somebody very special. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu was the only person who could do that. And you could check his history and you know what he had studied and we had been and what he had done. And then maybe only Moshe Rabbeinu could go to Har Sinai and take the Torah down to give to B'nai Israel. But it's Yad Mitzrayim. That's political action. That's something that just people do. They they lead the minions in a struggle. Is Moshe Rabbeinu the only one, the only one who could do that kind of, that kind of action, take them out of Mitzrayim? And the other question, which is not asked so kind of profoundly, but which I think is a good question. God promised Avram Avinu that the sojourn in Mitzrayim would be 400 years. The actual time spent in Mitzrayim was 210 years, just a little bit more than half the promise. I mean, isn't that odd? Isn't it odd that God could not provide them with a more accurate time span? Why do you have to tell them 400 years if in fact it's only going to be 200 years? So it seems to me that this, that the book of Breshit, the book of Breshit in its entirety, 
Adam Arishon, Noach, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Yosef, the book of Breshit in its entirety. This something's already said by the Maharal, the Ramban, I said the opposite way, the Ramban, the Maharal, that the DNA of Am Yisrael was being created. The way Am Yisrael will think about, about things, the way that they will be connected to things, that's all being developed in the book of Bereshit. And so, when Hashem says, if you look at the first pasuk on the sheet, the first thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Avram Avinu, which is memorable, is that there's a purposefulness to things. You can't just leave the place that you live in. You have to go someplace. And so that became part of the essential DNA of Am Yisrael. They're going someplace. They knew that. Abraham knew it, and Yitzhak knew it, and Yaakov knew it. They all knew they were going someplace. And that going to that place would somehow be helpful. Somehow be helpful. And that's why Rashi says, you're going to go there for your good. It'll be good for you, and there, in that place, you will become a great nation. Here, you won't be a great nation here, where you are now. It's important, apparently, according to Rashi, that everybody should know who Abraham is. It's possible to be Abraham, that you can actually be that person. And anybody who wanted to join would be able to join. The next pasuk on the sheet is in Breshit Lamed Hei, Vayom Ani El Shaddai, Rei Geni says to Yaakov, Rei be fruitful and multiply, Gala, Goyu, Kahal, Goyiv, Yemi, Mecca, Again, that promise that you're going to become a great nation. And the land, I'm promising you the land again to Yaakov, just as to Abraham and to Yitzchak. That's how B'nai Yisrael learned that promises from heaven are permanent, forever, they're real. They don't change. They don't change. I will give it to you and to your progeny. One more. One more. Reshit Perik Memtet before Yaakov dies. I want to be buried in the Ma'ara. Maratam Achpela, I want to go back to the land that is mine, to the place that is mine, the only place in the world that was his, unless you count the land of Goshen. But I guess Yaakov didn't want them to count the, the, the land of Goshen. 
פסוק ל"א, שמה קברו את אברהם ואת שרה אשתו, ושמה קברו את יצחק ואת רבקה אשתו, ושמה קברתי את, את ליה. Those days, there weren't always burial places that were organized or burial places that were bought. But here is something that, that belongs to us. It was the first thing that belonged to Avram, to Yitzhak, to Yaakov. So, Avram, so Yaakov is responding. He's responding to the promise that God made. The promise was, you're going to get it. You're going to get the land. And even though he didn't have the land, he, Yaakov, did not have the land. He nevertheless, he nevertheless fervently believed that he wanted to leave that with his children. He wanted to leave that with his children, that the promise to the Avot, which determined the way they are, right? they are the ones who are going to inherit the land and they are the ones who are going to have a tremendous a uh, uh, populace of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren coming after them. All of that is certainly going to happen. I wrote down two psukim about trust. Yeshayahu. Perikavav pasuk dalet. Bitchu b'ashem Trust in God forever. Because there's no limit to trust. Because God is the bedrock of the of the worlds, right? Everything depends on that. Everything comes from that. Hashem Adam, blessed is the man who depends on you. So there was this idea. They had to be learned by the children of Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov, and that is that your relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one of trust. It doesn't matter what the reality seems to be. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. It doesn't matter. What matters is that there is a promise. And that promise will surely be fulfilled. And it may be, although I certainly am not the one to know, but it may be that's what's kept us alive through all the years of the diaspora and all the difficult times that we've had. And difficult times may have come on the eve of better times, but that came again on the eve of worst times, and yet we knew, we knew that we were the people of the promise. And because of that, because of that, we, we, we still here, we still exist, we exist with the promise. In our parasha, Shvot, Perek, Bet, we read the following. Vayihi vayamim harabim hahem. After some period of time, Yamim Rabbim, many days, Vayamot Melech Mitzrayim. Vayamot Melech Mitzrayim, he died. The king of uh, Mitzrayim died. He either died biologically 
or he changed his mind about things. He saw the world in a different way. And the people, the people were in pain, suffering, crying. So there's got to be a connection, right? As Rashi explains, Melech Mitzrayim died and the people were distraught. They, they, that's one verb. And they screamed out another verb. And their wailing went up to heaven. Something happened. They weren't just enslaved. They weren't just obliged to do the work. But it really became became impossible. And that's the other interpretation of Melech Hadash. His edicts were new. His attitude was new. And those are the verbs, right? All of that. So all of that screaming and yelling and wailing and unhappiness, Pasuk And God heard their cries, their screamings by his Brito, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Yitzhak, and with Yaakov. And God saw them the people of Israel, and he knew. He knew something. doesn't say in the Pesach, but we could imagine that he knew refers to the fact that B'nai Israel were not really able of maintain, to maintain under that terrible pressure. Now in these three psukim, in these three psukim or four psukim that I read, what is the most difficult word? A word, a simple word, but the most difficult word in the Pesukim. Look again. Look again at Pasuk Bet Vayera. Malach Hashem Elah I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong Pasuk. Pasuk Avdalit. Pasuk Avdalit in Perek Bet. Vayishma Elohim et Nakatam. God heard their screaming. By his Brito, and he remembered the covenant that Abraham and Yitzchak with Yaakov. So now I've narrowed it down. Where's the most difficult word in that pasuk? Well, obviously, it's that word by his And God remembered his covenant. What do you mean, God remembered? God knows everything, but why would he remember? That doesn't remember. Remembering implies that there's a past and that there's a future. In the world of God, everything is all there. It doesn't go by by like a movie. It's just there. What do you mean by you score Elohim? At At Brito, I score. He, he remembered the covenant that he established with Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. What remember? What was there to remember? God knew it, of course. 
mean there was a time that God didn't remember, then everything got out of hand. Is that how it was? Is that how it was? The third chapter in this uh, parasha refers to the election, so to speak, of Moshe Rabbeinu. How did Moshe Rabbeinu become the leader? Moshe was the shepherd for his for the sheep of Yitro, his father-in-law. Kohen Midyan, Yitro was also a priest in Midyan. And he led the sheep beyond the desert because he was looking for grass, I guess, you know, for the sheep, that's what they do. They came to the mountain of God, also known as Chorev, Chorev, Har Chorev. So in this pasuk, in this pasuk, you know, the Hasidim, Hasidic commentaries say this. You see, Moshe Rabbeinu, he was a ro'eh. He was a shepherd. You see, Moshe Rabbeinu, he was Vayinhag. He led. He says, those are the two criteria that you need for leadership. You have to be, you have to be a ro'eh. You have to be able to gather the sheep together to lead them. And you have to be a yinhag. You have to lead them someplace. And so Moshe Rabbeinu implied in this Pesach, I mean, it's not quite so obvious, but it's sort of like hidden away there. Moshe Rabbeinu was the right person. Moshe Rabbeinu was the right person. Second. Somehow my, I think went, okay. Moshe Rabbeinu was the right person, but still, was he the only person? He was the only shepherd? He was the only leader of sheep? I mean, it's got to be more to Moshe Rabbeinu than that. And then it says, First, he saw the angel of God in the fire. The fire is like looking at a Hanukkah menorah and seeing an angel. Imagine that. He saw the, the snare. Well, we don't know how big the snare was, but the snare was a fire. It was like a fire in the, the middle of the desert. Is this tree burning and the fire doesn't go out? So the Pasuk says, What did Moshe Rabbeinu see? He saw an angel. He didn't understand why the snare was not consumed. Then God saw that Moshe Rabbeinu had come over to see what was going on. So this, I guess, was an exciting moment. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu was able to do that others were not able to do, and that, that was that was Pasuk Gimel Asura Naber Eh. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't running away. He wanted a confrontation. He wanted to know what it what that was. Madu Aloyiv Arasne. 
Why doesn't the snap burn itself up? And God saw that Moshe Rabbeinu had come close where he cried, and God called out to him from in the from within the the, the snare. Vayome Moshe Moshe, a term of endearment. Rashi always says, when you repeat something twice, it's because you're interested in it. You call somebody's name twice because you're interested in him. Vasuk hey Vayome Altikrav Halom. Don't go there. Don't come any closer. Shall now let me take off your shoes. You know that the shoes, that the angels who came to visit Avram Avinu couldn't like sit around with their shoes on. Shoes was the road. It was just going aimlessly. It had no purpose. Taking off your shoes. That was a sign that you were at home. That you were in a in a proper place that's an idea Moshe Rabbeinu is standing at Admat Kodesh what does that mean I mean is it a lesson is it something to teach Moshe Rabbeinu that you can have sanctity in a place that you establish I mean, after all, Moshe Rabbeinu was going to be the executor of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle. And that's the tabernacle, right? Admat Kodesh. It's a place of sanctity. Moshe Rabbeinu was charged with a job that even the Avot didn't have. So you see, as the Ramban pointed out, to look at it, the beginning of the third chapter of Sevishmod, the Ramban pointed out that look at what happened. Can we describe Moshe Rabbeinu's experience? Right? Pasuk Bet, Vayar Malach Hashem Elav. He saw the angel of God. The angel of God, right? That's what he saw. That if you go on, if you go on, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Moshe Rabbeinu says, an angel? I want to check it out. I want to see who this angel is. The next pasuk. Vayar Hashem. Hisar Lerot. He saw, he saw something, and then finally, by he saw that it was God calling him from within the snare. And the change in the name is significant, but we're not going to deal with that right now. So you might say might say that this event of the snare is not just the time that God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu and explained to him that he would get the job, that he would have the opportunity to take Israel out of the tribe. But it's a conversion of Moshe Rabbeinu from lesser to greater. 
lesser Kedusha, lesser sanctity, greater sanctity. First the angel, then God speaking to him, then God, well, like, like a third person, God speaking to the third person, then God speaking to him in, in second person. It's absolutely, absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. What's amazing is that it's Moshe Rabbeinu being transformed into Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not that Moshe Rabbeinu apparently, it's not that Moshe Rabbeinu came to inform the Jews that they were getting out of Egypt. It's not that Moshe Rabbeinu, <laughs> not that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to lead them out of Mitzrayim because we didn't need Moshe Rabbeinu for that. But we did need Moshe Rabbeinu to teach us the notion of Kedusha, the notion of sanctity, and moreover, the no, not just the notion of sanctity, but that it's available. You can reach out and touch it. You can get a hold of it. In as far as, I mean, I don't mean to say that everybody can be an imitation of Moshe Rabbeinu, but in as far as such an imitation is possible, as far as such an imitation is possible, it's possible, actually, to change. So that the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu, the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu, in this, as we see it in this chapter, in chapter 3 in Shemot, was not about leading the sheep, but it was about leaving leading people to a greater sense of sanctity people who lived in a world in a world in goshen which was populated by by those who who believed in strange ideas who believed in one kind of idolatry or another people who were pushing away all the time from sanctity who's saying, I can't do that. I can't be that way. Can't be that way. Although because Moshe Rabbeinu, that's what he's going to teach them. In the most difficult times, in times of physical and mental depravity, where the Jews were going to leave Mitzrayim, but they suffered on the way out of Mitzrayim. So they have Moshe Rabbeinu to lead them. So if I ask the question at the beginning, if I ask that question, why did we need Moshe Rabbeinu to take us out of Mitzrayim? So the answer is we didn't. We didn't need Moshe Rabbeinu to take us out of Mitzrayim. But to be cute, I would say, we needed Moshe Rabbeinu to get Mitzrayim out of us. Because after a long period of time, and 200 years is a long period of time, after a long period of time, you can't help it. I mean, you could live... You know, you could live in Muncie. <laughs> you could live in Monroe. You can. But nobody is safe unless you have a sense of sanctity. You have a sense of sanctity. Yeah. You might be able to do it. You might be able to pull it off. So Moshe Rabbeinu was not the teacher of B'nai Yisrael, on which way to go, to the left or to the right? Where's the sign to Har Sinai? That was not Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said, you know, to be worthy of divine concern, you have to have to work at it. You have to do something. That was Moshe, that was Moshe Rabbeinu.
One more idea, I think. Just a second. I turned the page. You remember, Hashem created the world at least twice. I mean, Chazal say it was more, but we know at least twice that was the world of Adam Arishon, that's one creation, and the world of Noah was another creation. I mean, everything was, was destroyed, and Noah and his family became the new beginning. Are they the same, beginning one and beginning two? Are they a little different? But they know, we know that they are similar. Just as the Kaddish Bokhu said to Adam Arishon, he said the same thing to, to Noah. Noah also proved, it didn't prove to be a, a very positive, uh, the result was not very positive. There was a, a mabul, a flood, and the flood wiped out everything. And, and the world started over again. The start of the new world is in this pasuk that's on the sheet, Perek Chet Pasuk Aleph. And that pasuk says, And God remembered Noah. We went back to that. So once again, if I ask you, what's the more difficult word in the Pasuk? Of course, the word Vayiskol. I mean, what do you mean if Noah is in a, an ark, a teva, and he's like just floating around? You think God's going to leave him there? Of course, God, God did it. It's going to undo it, or he'll remake the world in some way or other. Of course. So Vayizkor, I would say, doesn't seem to mean he remembered. It means, it means he, he started over again. It started over again. That's what Vayizkor is. Started over again. Noach was the new beginning. It was a new beginning of the world. It was the world that was going to last because it included, included mercy. Okay, we didn't get the mercy idea until Chaito Egel, but we understand de facto that that's what the new world of Noah was going to include. Even though the world was a bad world, the world of Avram Avinu was a bad world, it was not a just world that was uh, going to be destroyed. It was a world that's going to rebuilt, rebuilt that world. So, so we said that that world, that word, you know, that word. It says, by his girl, it Brito, et Abraham, et Isaac, et Yaakov. He said, what is that word? What is that word, by his girl? What did God remember? If we say God remembered the Brit, the covenant between Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, we didn't forget it. Of course, he remembered it. So if we say, based on the Pesach in, in Noah, that Vayiskor reflects a new beginning, a new arrangement, a new, in this case, a new agreement, 
The old agreement was 400 years. By Yisqar, Lekibet Noach, at, 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 at Brito, by Yisqar, Lekibet Brito means the condition in the covenant was changed from 400 years to 210 years. Because even though 210 years might have been better or more instructive, B'nai Yisrael just couldn't take it. They couldn't take it. They were not able, they screamed, they yelled, they cried. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu mercifully changed the agreement, just as there's a new agreement with Noah, there's a new agreement with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vayizkor Elohim et Brito et Abraham et Yitzchak et Yaakov. And so we've answered the two questions. What was Moshe Rabbeinu doing there? Well, I don't think Moshe Rabbeinu was there to do miracles. I don't think Moshe Rabbeinu was there to actually row Edson, take them out of Mitzrayim. But Moshe Rabbeinu was there to teach them what he had learned about his relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which includes Kedusha. And being able to rise up through the different levels of Kedusha, even if you're not Moshe Rabbeinu, that was the lesson. The second thing is that the notion of 210 years comes because of a Yizkor, Kodesh Baruch Hu remembered, remembered and was able to pass that on to B'nai Yisrael in a kind of a merciful in a merciful way, but Israel was not able to pull off 210 years, so uh, 400 years, so 210 years was enough. So, Shabbat Shalom, all the best, be well.